Righty ho, Washington County. Thank you for tuning in to 15 Minutes with Fuzz. My name is Fuzz Martin, and this is a show about all the positive things happening here in Washington County, Wisconsin. Before we get started, I started blogging again. You can find my new blog, like it's, you know, something that just came up in like, you know, 2010. You can find my new blog at fuzzmartin.com. I found out this past weekend while I was working on it that I've actually owned fuzzmartin.com since February of 2002. I never, ever imagined owning a domain for more than 20 years. That blows my mind. I actually started my original website, fuzzmartin.com, because the radio station, 92.5 WBWI at the time, wasn't technologically progressive enough to start a website. So I started my own and then started talking about it on the air. And then the boss got upset that I was always plugging my website and sending people there for information and things. And eventually they decided the radio station need one, needed one. So they asked me to create it, which I did. And they didn't pay me for it. But I learned a lot and I learned some lessons by putting in the work that I never would have learned otherwise. And I think maybe that's the biggest lesson. <laughs> but also pay me. This week, I am speaking with two very colorful members of the Kettle Moraine Symphony Orchestra. Dr. Richard Hinson is the director of the symphony and also works with the Bel Canto Chorus. And Peter Jabot is the principal bass player and also the secretary of the symphony's board of directors. They join me this week to talk about the symphony and its upcoming performance of Brahms Requiem, which is coming up on Sunday, May 21st at Concordia University, Wisconsin, in the Fieldhouse. It's going to be an absolutely huge performance, and I had a lot of fun talking to both Rick and Peter, and I'm sure you're going to have a great time listening. And with that, here are 15 minutes on Brahms Requiem by the Bel Canto Chorus and the Kettle Moraine Symphony Orchestra with Dr. Richard Hinson and Peter Jabot on 15 Minutes with Fuzz. Welcome you both to 15 Minutes with Fuzz. Can you please introduce yourselves and tell us your roles in the Kettle Moraine Symphony Orchestra? Yes, yes. Nice to see you, Fuzz. <laughs> My name is Richard Hinson, and I'm music director of the Kettle Moraine Symphony. Proudly so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Fuzz. Uh, my name is Peter Jabot. I'm the principal bass player and also secretary of the board of the Kettle Moraine Symphony. Very good. Well, I appreciate both of you coming in to uh, the studio here with me today. Can you tell us about the mission of the Kettle Moraine Symphony Orchestra? What's behind it? Well, the mission uh, is something that the orchestra has really refined over the years, but it is to provide outstanding orchestral performances that engage the community and inspire and educate audiences of all ages. And we tend to skew, to, we, we tend to skew our programming toward younger families, but we find that as we work to bring in younger families, the, you know, the older people, the people who have grown up listening to symphony orchestras, to live music, uh, find our programming to be uh, fascinating and, and and they can come with their grandkids and it's a wonderful experience i recently got to experience the kettle moraine symphony orchestra at the 
Volunteer Center of Washington County's Champions of Change event. And actually, Peter, I was standing next to you on stage for a bit uh, right. as, as the bass player, right? Right. Uh, but it was amazing. You guys sound fantastic, and that theater sounds really good as well. But, it does, yeah. Uh, I was, uh, and, and we had a good span of ages at that event, and everybody seemed to love it. Right. There were high school students and some Kettle Moraine players. So it was, that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, speaking of that, can you guys share some of the Kettle Moraine Symphony Orchestra's most memorable performances or achievements that you guys have had over the years? Well, Peter's actually been involved with this a lot longer than I have. So, Peter, <laughs> why don't you start, and then I can throw in my Okay, two all right. Well, I mean, most recently, I mean, just the last, the concerts we've done over the last several years have just, we keep getting better, which is really fantastic. So I've been playing principal bass with the orchestra for the last 31 years. Wow. Uh, when we started, uh, we weren't all that good, <laughs> and it was a lot more fun for the players than it was for the audience, and uh, fortunately, that has changed <laughs> a lot, especially since Rick joined us. And so, yeah, well, I, well, let's elaborate on that. What yeah. would you say brought that change to the symphony? Well, you know, part of the mission, actually, the original mission was more, well, this is a good opportunity for local musicians to play. And it's fun for the musicians mm -hmm. and sitting in the audience. You know, the standards were not very high. If sure. we could, I remember in early rehearsals, if we could get through a piece without the wheels falling off, mm -hmm. this was successful and then we'd go on. Uh, Rick, on the other hand, <laughs> even if the wheels are firmly in place, there's always something. There's, there's always, always some way to make it better. There is and indeed. This is, this is great. <laughs> I mean, as an orchestra, we have just come so far. It's just wonderful. So, Rick, tell, tell us about your role then and, and refining that. How, uh, you know, you, you came in, you said, six years ago? and Yeah, I started six years ago. And I, I came in with the idea and, and, in fact, with the authority of the board to build the orchestra. Mm -hmm. that, that it was clearly time for this ensemble to take a role in the quality of life of the community that... Uh, our performances should inspire and educate, as our mission statement says. And so that means we had to perform at a level that would engage our audience. And that means that, you know, musicians, it, they're kind of like acrobats that are performing without a net. Mm -hmm. You know, they could fall <laughs> at any moment and, you know, crash and burn. But uh, when you rehearse properly, when you pick the right repertoire, when you... Um, when you plan things out so people can really engage their talents to their fullest capability, you can create some pretty extraordinary music making. And, and the goal then is, see, we humans are such social animals. Mm -hmm. We need to experience not only something live, but something live together. And so when we're sitting in an audience, we're not only seeing and hearing what's on stage, but we're experiencing the reactions of the people around us. And that engagement, that energy, synergy, I'd call it, that goes between performance members and audience members creates an energy that is, you, you can't replicate it in any other way. Well, that's wonderful. And it, I, you described it perfectly, I guess. I never thought to put that to words. And now, tell us about your background. Like, how did you get into this role as director? What uh, did, did you come from another director role to the Ketamarine Symphony? I, I have, I have straddled the worlds of, of choral music and orchestral music my entire career. So that's 40 years of 
or so of conducting. Uh, and uh, the most recent orchestra I had before Kettle Marine Symphony was the Milwaukee Chamber Orchestra. That's made up of, of uh, all members of the Milwaukee Symphony. So that was, a, that was just a different experience. Mm-hmm. And, and the repertoire we did was very different uh, because here in Washington County, the role of the Kettle Marine Symphony is, it's, it's uh, I, I'll call it a gateway drug, you know, with, <laughs> uh, to classical music. Sure. You know, we are uh, first and foremost the experience that young, young students mm-hmm. will, will have of a live symphony orchestra. A lot of adults have never been to a live orchestra concert. And so I program with that in mind. With the Milwaukee Chamber Orchestra, we were programming rather, I was programming rather esoteric <laughs> works that the, that the MSO players wanted to play. And so, uh, but what I'm finding, Peter, uh, and Peter will enjoy this, um, th- some of those works that I did with MCO, I'm now able to program with Kettle Moraine Symphony and the audience loves them. Great. Uh, and that experience, I mean, we're uh, doing works by Shostakovich and Stravinsky, and those are big names that are a little scary to people who've never been to an orchestra concert. But why tell them the names? When they come and they know they're going to see grandma or, you know, dad up playing in the orchestra, but more importantly, they know they're going to experience a, a, a beautiful performance. It doesn't matter whose music it is until they... Un- want to do more. Well, I want to hear more of that. Um, and so we felt we just did um, uh, the Pulcinella Suite by Stravinsky. And that is, it's neoclassical. You, you know, you can put on your music, music hat and, and uh, explain it in very esoteric terms. But in reality, it's simply gorgeous. And it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Captivating. That was, that was a gas. So yeah. our job with Kettle Marine Symphony is to make this music and the act of live performance so compelling that people want to come no matter what we play. Mm-hmm. And so now, Peter, how when you got started at Kettle Marine Symphony, what was the the group like? The, what what compelled you to join the Kettle Marine Symphony? <laughs> well, Bud Ash, who started the group, was a professor at then UWWC. And, mm-hmm. uh, I just met him when I got the job. I said, Oh, hi, I'm Peter. Introduce myself. And he, and, uh, I mentioned I'd play piano mm-hmm. and bass. He said, oh, you're in the orchestra then. I said, okay. <laughs> I guess I am. You were voluntold. I was voluntold. Exactly. <laughs> and I, yeah, I haven't left. We, we uh, I don't think we established that at the beginning. You are the, the professor of music. Is that what yes. it is? At mm-hmm. UWM M. Washington County. Yes. Correct. And, and uh, Rick, what is your role on, on? Well, my my primary job is as music director of the Bel Canto Chorus in Milwaukee, and I've done that for thirty five years. Mm. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, but I've I've conducted orchestras. Uh, I conducted the Waukegan Symphony for mm. a number of years. I've conducted um, other orchestras in the area. Uh, guest conducted them, and then I did the Waukee, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, the um, Milwaukee Chamber Orchestra for eight years, and now Kettle Marine Symphony. So I think the conversation on Bel- the Bel Canto Chorus mm-hmm. transitions nicely into the Kettle Marine exactly. Symphony has an event coming up on May 21st at the 
It's at Concordia University. Concordia so. University in the field house. In the, oh, wow. Okay. And the reason we're in the field house is this is a an epic performance. This is a gigantic musical experience. Uh, gigantic in a lot of different ways. Okay. I mean, we have a lot of singers. We have six choruses involved. So my bel canto chorus, Peter's meringue chorus, those are both uh, adult choruses. And that makes a little over a hundred adults. Oh, wow. And then we have four high school courses, the top courses from uh, four different high schools. And that comes to a little over a hundred students and their teachers are also going to sing too. So we'll have, I think, 220 singers. Oh, wow. So we're ending up, we're pulling out three um, sections of bleachers and everybody's going to stand up in the bleachers. And then the orchestra will be in front on the, uh, on the actually on the basketball court. <laughs> wow. <laughs> have, you, have you played a field house before? I haven't. Well, that's not true. So um, Bel Canto performed with Pavarotti in the United Center down in Chicago uh, about 10 years ago. I guess uh, that counts as a field. <laughs> yeah, that's a field. You know, that's a big, big basketball course. Uh, uh, that's the closest I can get, I think. But, but um, the sound is astonishingly good. I think, Peter, you haven't played it yet, but nope. I, think you'll, I think we'll be pleased with how it, uh, with how it works. And it will be um, a place where people can gather Families are going to come, you know, the families mm -hmm. of the students. And uh, I know we've already sold half the house and there's still two weeks to go. We haven't even released our publicity information uh, for either Belcanto or KMS. So we've just started, you know, letting people know. So my assumption is that we're going to be full. We're going to have a full house. And how big is that house? 750, I think okay. 750 right. people. Um and it's, yeah, so it'll be, I think it'll we'll have a great hall. We have, and what's so exciting about this fuzz is that we're giving these hundred plus students their first taste of, of creating a masterpiece, you know, a, a full concert length work in a foreign language mm. with, a, with a symphony orchestra and with two professional soloists. So let's talk about that for a moment. Mm -hmm. So the, it's uh, Brahms. Brahms, ein deutsches Requiem. <laughs> there that we sounds, go. <laughs> all right. But so taking the German accent away, it's actually, so, and Peter, you, you can talk about this at length. Peter is so knowledgeable in all of this. But um, so Brahms wrote this and he said, I'm calling it a German Requiem, but it's really a Requiem for all mankind. He thought of it as, as, you know, global in its intention, because it's not a requiem directed toward the departed soul, like all the other requiems that were written up until that time, very Catholic and somewhat dark and, and then finding redemption. Instead, this is a requiem for those left behind, for the people who are mourning the loss of whoever died. And that sense of comfort of of reconciliation with the loss and the 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 beauty of of coming together to mourn the departed, um, I think makes this requiem conciliatory and and Im an important statement for our society today. Would you say? What do you think? Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the first chorus. Is you know, uh, selig sind die da leidtragen. 
denn sie sollen getröstet werden. So, blessed are those who mourn, but light tragen is literally who carry sorrow. Mm. Just imagine the weight, for they shall be comforted. So it's all about comforting the living. You obviously have some German training. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that, that sounds amazing. Uh, the, which schools are going to be performing with you? So the West Bend High School okay. is so local. And then we have Germantown High School. We have Shorewood High School. And we have Hartford Union High School. So and the choral programs in each of those schools are some of the best in the state. So we have very focused, dynamic young singers who are uh, well, ecstatic is maybe a little over the top, but, you know, in, in, but being able to be a part of this, to be able to sing with adults, you know, mm -hmm. where else can you find high school students doing something to the very best of their abilities and finding adults who can help them, mm -hmm. can mentor them to make them even better. That kind of intergenerational connection just doesn't happen in our society anymore. Absolutely. Uh, and wait, again, it sounds like it's going to be a fantastic event. And it is on Sunday, May 21st. Is mm -hmm. that correct? At 3 p.m. Where can people find information about the event? They can go to the Belcanto website, which is www.belcanto.org. And Belcanto is just it has a ticketing service so that they can you know order very easily and quickly mm -hmm. through the Belcanto website. Um, that is the that's the best way to do it. Okay, and the concert's at three p.m. Is that three right? p.m. Yeah. All right, and I'm just going to put a plug in here at two fifteen. I'm giving a oh, pre-concert talk. Okay, so I'm going to talk about well, there's a three-note motive that Brahms uses in all seven movements of this piece, and he flips it upside down, he makes it go backwards, rotates at 180 degrees, and it's in every movement. And if you're not aware of it, it doesn't matter because it's a gorgeous piece. But when you are aware of it, suddenly there are all these things that just jump out at you. Sure. Peter's so right. And um, actually, I'll, I'll piggyback on his plug because he's modest. These things are so popular. These pre-concert talks, I, in fact, the last... Four or five of them have been, you know, standing room only. People come early. We get 50, 60, you know, maybe for this performance, we'll have over 100 people. Um, and Peter's not only done the pre-concert talks, which are always so engaging, but he has worked with a German teacher to um, focus on how the text um, edifies the music. And so she's approaching it from... Uh, a textual standpoint, and we're releasing those videos uh, through the KMS website and through Belcanto. I think on Facebook. I think Facebook is where those are coming out. But they are um, designed not only to remind people that the concert's coming up, but here's a dimension you might have not have thought about. So uh, we have plenty of, of material for people to uh, ingest before they come. Great. Putting something of this magnitude together with a number of different, with you know, four different schools, the Belcanto Chorus, the Catamarine Symphony. First of all, how long does out do you start practicing and, and, and rehearsing this? And then do you all come together and, and rehearse together? And if so, Indeed. 200 people in a rehearsal space? So what, what, what you'll be so proud of our high schools, our, our kids to know is that the, the teachers started these students 
last semester mm. on it. Many of them, and, and the Marine Chorus also did three of the movements on a concert they had in December. So we really began actually preparing, meeting together and rehearsing back in October of, mm. of last year. Uh, the project itself was uh, suggested first, I, I think I proposed it November of the year before that. While we were still coming out of COVID, you mm -hmm. know, this is something that I, I felt so strongly that people have been, you know, kept away from one another for so long that this was a great project for the schools. It was a great project for the orchestra, and uh, and honestly, for Belcanto and the Marine Chorus, these young singers are the next generation of singers and audience. So we everybody wins mm -hmm. with this project. The. So when you also, when you put something together like this and it takes so much time, how do you focus on the next thing that's going to happen, right? So what, what, how, do, how does, does next year start in October then for you again? Actually, uh, I proposed our season for next season, our mm -hmm. programming for next season, back in, I think the first iteration of it was November, okay. last November. And uh, we've been tweaking it and, and uh, uh, making changes and lining up dates, getting venues. So I, I think we have a great season lined up for next year. Mm -hmm. So I, I think we'll announce, both Belcanto and KMS, I think are going to an, announce our seasons in the program at, during the Brahms. Uh, okay. So it should be you know, a, an exciting opportunity to look forward into the next year. <laughs> Excellent. Peter, on... After this and around this, because I know you guys put on performances all the time, right? right? So what else do you have going on with the Kettle Marine Symphony aside from this uh, Brahms Requiem? Oh, well, the Kettle Marine Symphony, that's been our, the Brahms has been our focus. Oh, it for has. The okay. Yeah, for the okay. last concert. I mean, we just did, in March, we played at the Bend. Okay. And uh, Rick was talking about the, the Stravinsky Pulcinella. That okay. was, I mean, the Bend has beautiful acoustics. Yeah. And it just, it just sounds great in there. Um. Yeah, but then since then I've been just practicing the Brahms. Exactly. <laughs> it's a big, yeah, it's a big, it's, it's a, a mouthful. Big piece. Yeah. Okay. Right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. so, so I I can give you some hints about the coming season. Sure. Uh, we're going to focus on the dance uh, for okay. the first concert. We're going to do all sorts of of different styles of dances with our music, going all the way from you know we'll do a Viennese waltz. We'll go back to do um, early dances from Baroque era that were then reimagined by uh, a modern Italian composer named Respighi. And then we will end with um, uh, a piece called Danson number, well, numero due, uh, by uh, uh, Marquez, a, a South American composer. It's uh, hauntingly beautiful work that I think uh, will link into our, we're looking at make, trying to make a connection with the, um, uh, the Hispanic population up here. We, we feel very strongly that our music and the idea of live performance um, is what everybody wants. They just don't know they want it yet. So we have to meet <laughs> them and introduce them to our music making mm -hmm. and, uh, and convince them that, that this can be an important part of their lives. Certainly. Well, uh, Richard, Peter, thank you both for coming in here. This is um, an amazing amount of knowledge uh, that I, I had like a, a direction I was going to go with the questions, but your stories and your descriptions of 
of the music and, and the experience are amazing. And I'm looking forward to the concert on May 21st at uh, uh, Concordia University, Wisconsin. Thank you both for coming in and thanks for all you do. Thank you so much. For so I, well, just have us back so that we can tell you more about what we do. I, I <laughs> love it. We'll definitely do that. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, thanks, bud. Thank you again to Dr. Rick Hinson and Peter Jabot for joining me on this week's episode of 15 Minutes with Fuzz. Again, Brahms Requiem is taking place at Concordia University of Wisconsin in the Fieldhouse on Sunday, May 21st, 2023 at 3 p.m. It's going to be a great concert, and I hope you can make it. More details are available at kmsymphony.org. If you have an idea for a guest on 15 Minutes with Fuzz, please help me out by going to fuzz.cc slash guest. That is fuzz.cc slash guest and enter into the form there who you think I should be on the show. You can also email me 15withfuzz at gmail.com. That's 15 spelled out with fuzz at gmail.com. That'll do it for this week. Thanks again for listening and I will talk to you next week right here on 15 Minutes with Fuzz. Fuzz.